If you've been listening to this podcast for a while, then you know we are passionate about stories of God meeting ordinary women everywhere they are. The experience of God's mercy, His profound help, and His unexpected grace are not confined to the four walls of a church. Maybe you have felt God's presence most in one of various life stages. While you're single, as a mom to newborns or high schoolers, trying to balance work and home, and becoming a caretaker for your own parents. Perhaps you've come to know him deeper when your plans were interrupted by cancer or divorce or infertility or depression, or even the death of a friend or family member. Definitely, you've experienced his goodness in life celebrations, birth, marriage, fulfilling work, meaningful friendships. Today, let's savor these stories of women encountering God in all life stages and circumstances. Welcome to Everywhere You Are. We've all heard the verse, blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted. But what does it look like if the things that we're mourning could actually be redeemed? What does it look like if suffering is somehow something that can be used to teach us and to show God to other people? In our conversation today, Lindsay DeRue and Tammy Flowers share their stories of difficult experiences in their lives and in their families and in their relationships that might not feel like they could have been redeemed. And yet God has used those situations not only to comfort those involved, but to share the love of Jesus. Welcome to Everywhere You Are. I'm Rachel Langston, and Kristen Torres and I are your hosts today. Our guests are Lindsay DeRue and Tammy Flowers, who are both longtime Dawson members, and we're going to be talking about redeeming suffering. Lindsay, would you share with us, where are you today? Yeah, so I am Lindsay DeRue, and I am married to Ryan. We have two children, Annalie and Jack. Annalie is 12, and Jack is 10. I grew up at Dawson, so I have been at Dawson my whole life and have had a lot of full circle moments. As my children have grown up here, it's been fun to see them get the first grade Bibles like I did and sing in candlelight with the middle school choir, so it's been a really special time. Seven years ago, uh, one of my very best friends, her name is Mary, lost her husband very tragically in a plane crash. And so in a second, her life completely changed. But I also saw how God had put me right where he wanted me to walk this journey with her. And it's been a journey of beauty from ashes. It's been a journey of tragedy, but triumph over that tragedy. And I've seen the Lord work in tremendous ways in her life, in her girl's life. At the time, she had has two little girls. They um, were ages five and three when John passed away, and they are my kids' best friends and still are. And so I watched them walk it as well, and God just continued to show me his character, um, his love, and just showed me that he's close to the brokenhearted. And so today, um, a lot of what I'll be talking about is is the redeemed suffering that I saw God work in her life, but also how he used me and taught me a lot along the way. And Tammy, where are you today? I'm Tammy Flowers. I have been at Dawson for 39 years. 
My husband, Kirk, uh, was actually at Dawson for a couple of years before I joined. So he was here right out of college. And then I actually joined Dawson uh, the Sunday after our honeymoon. Um, (laughs) We raised our two daughters here, Sydney and Brett, both now grown and married. And we have two wonderful sons-in-laws, Malcolm and Jake. Kirk and I are retired, enjoying this stage of life with some travel and just other things that we love to do, enjoying the time together. But we find ourselves also being in the sandwich generation where we're the parent to adult children, but we're also um, making that transition into parenting our parents. Mm -hmm. So it's a different stage of life. But I think it's ironic, maybe that's not the best choice of words, but a God thing that Lindsay and I are actually here together. Mm -hmm. Christian, I don't even know if you know that we did a heaven Bible study together Mm -hmm. after losing another mutual friend and walked through that Bible study. I think God, in His providence, knew Hmm. that when we were going through that study, that that was going to be the thing that I would draw from on this season of life that, you know, we're just coming out of where we've lost um, five family members Hmm. in a single year. So, talked about having an eternal perspective walking through that heavens. I mean, we're talking about suffering, and obviously in our culture, suffering is very prevalent. But what does it look like for a Christian to to say, I've been through suffering, I've walked with other people through suffering, and the Lord has somehow redeemed those experiences? What is redeemed suffering? Well, I think as Christians, we definitely grieve and we suffer with hope. What a gift that is. And it looks different for Christians. And I'm so grateful for that. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. And there were so many times in my walk with Mary that she would be struggling or she'd be having a hard day and she would just share with me what the Lord was using. And I thought, wow, you have a direct line to Jesus. Mm -hmm. Like he is right there with you. And so I, I just, I feel like as a Christian, this is a road that of course, no one would choose Christian or not. No one would choose this road, but It's the road that God has us on. And as Christians, we will do it with grace and praise him along the way. And and because of that, he gives us so many blessings. He puts us right where we need to be with the people we need to be. I just feel like there's so much hope that we have. And, and speaking of road, I think I remember you telling me early on, like day one, about that experience with Mary the very first night and her prayer, literally every second. Yes. I mean, it was such a quick thing when, when it happened and, um, God was so good to me. And I feel like nobody knew he, that it would had happened that night. And, and I watched the news. I never watched the news and there's the top story on the news of what had happened where she never had to tell me God took care of that. Mm -hmm. And I knew he said, you need to go to her. It's the first time I think I've ever heard God say audibly in my head, you need to go to her. That is her husband. And so I picked up the phone 1030 at night, sent her a text and my phone rang immediately after that. And my whole heart stopped. I knew, I knew that her life had changed drastically and mine was going to look different too. And that night, um, her girls had already been put to bed before everything happened. And she said, Lindsay, I just need you to pray. I need you to pray that they will stay asleep, that God will take care of them. There were people in and out of that house all night long. It was loud. It was crazy. But God kept those little girls asleep Mm -hmm. all night long. And they woke up 
the next morning when things had settled. And, and I just remember just seeing her so broken, but yet knowing she kept saying, God's going to use this. God is going to use this. And I want you to pray that God's going to use my suffering for, for his, for his good. And he's going to redeem the suffering. And I had a moment this morning when I looked at my calendar, um, the John's death happened on three days ago, seven years ago, three days ago. And she and I were actually having that conversation. She was asking me to pray that God would use her story for good. And here I am mm. almost exactly seven years to the day that we had that conversation mm. and he's still using it for good. When she said that to you, I know God's going to redeem this. Like what, I mean, did you think, okay, or, or were you, did you, not that you didn't believe it, but what did that look like practically? Well, I, I 110% believed it and I believed it when she couldn't believe it. And there were a lot of days when she said, I don't see the good, Lindsay. And I said, yes, there is good. Good things are coming. God has a great plan for you and your girls. And she would just look at me with tears in her eyes and say, but I don't see it. And that's why God had me there to remind her of those truths and to remind her that he was in every detail. Mm -hmm. And it's really, you know, perspective is is such an amazing thing. And when you're in the middle of it, when you're in the middle of a crisis, things look blurred and it's hard to see. But once God brings you through, all those pieces start to fit. And Mm -hmm. I think that's what we saw was that he was at work that whole time and it's been a very um, life-changing thing for me to see that he chose me to be his hands and feet throughout her story. And I just feel so overwhelmingly grateful for that. And she and I have this incredible friendship that is almost like a sister friendship. And so I I just want to say to those who are walking the path with a friend or feel overwhelmed or a family member and feel like this is hard. This is, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. Just pray because God will use you. And um, I would just say, God, use me. I don't know what you want me to do, but your plan is better than mine. And looking back, I can see how he used me greatly. And he used me in those little girls' lives too. And we have a really special relationship now. And we always have, but it's just a very sweet thing. And the ministry of presence. I mean, that was what you felt called and led to do, which was go. Didn't say what to say when you get there. Not what to do. Just be there. Just be there. And God took care of all the rest. Yeah. So hard when people are walking through something tragic like that to know what to say. Mm. And it can be awkward. And I think sometimes people hesitate because they don't know what to say or don't know what to do. But I have learned over the course of, you know, especially the last few years as you get older and, you know, just you just have more life experience mm-hmm. that, you know, sometimes the only appropriate thing to do and say is to just hold someone mm-hmm. and say, I love you and I care just so that they know you are present and you're going to be there. Mm. And it's so important. But Lindsay, it's funny you're talking about being a friend to Mary. Um, as I was walking through this journey and still continue to walk through the journey of my mom's dementia. I had a sister, Connie, who was diagnosed with tongue cancer. 
Chris Black, who's been a dear friend of mine, had a mother-in-law who had dementia, and she was walking through that journey with her mother-in-law when her sister, Kendall, was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. And we were, like, on, you know, a parallel journey for so long. Chris was a little bit ahead of me as far as her mother-in-law's dementia dementia was, you know, just a little ahead of me in that stage that they were dealing with so I could rely on her to know, you know, what was coming next with my mom. She was just such a great resource for me while um, while you're dealing with that. And then, of course, Kendall was diagnosed with the cancer and was going through treatments when Connie was diagnosed with tongue cancer and we were facing the decisions of, you know, doctors and, you know, who to go to, who to turn to, what she was going to be going through. And then we both lost our sisters um, just a few months apart. Chris's mother-in-law actually passed away, and then her father-in-law passed away, who had been the caregiver shortly after that. So we have had all of those experiences, you know, together. And it sounds strange in one, one sense that you know, that was a bonding moment for us in which we shared, we shared that and we became closer through that experience. And it was like you said, Lindsay, it's like you don't ever want anybody to have to go through that, but to not to have to go through it alone. I feel like God was so gracious to both of us to put us together, you know, years ago, knowing that we would experience this together. Yes, I think that is just such a great example of how God comes before us. And I saw that just time and time again in this situation where all of it lined up. It was not by mistake. And I just think that's so true about the power of friendship because friendship is one of our greatest gifts. And the Lord gives us people to walk us through times that we need. And and it just, it's so powerful to hear your story, Tammy, as well. And, and just, it makes you so incredibly grateful for those friends. I think sometimes too, it's just taking that nudge from the Lord, even though it may seem crazy, even though you think, okay, you want me to send this text message? There were times I would sit down and send Mary a text message and I would type it out and I would look at it and I would think, okay, that is not Lindsay's words. That is every bit God's words. I mean, that's really good. And I did not come up with that because that (laughs) is just so just, just wise and, and just full of the spirit. And that was him. And I remember specifically, there was one day I was doing community Bible study at the time and I was studying that night studying our lesson. And there was a scripture I'd never heard of. I, I, I didn't re- ever remember reading it before, but God just said, okay, that, that Mary needs to know that scripture and you need to immediately sit down, stop what you're doing, type it out and send it to her because she needs it. And I didn't know why I had talked to her that day, but we really, she seemed fine. So I sit down and I send it. And about two minutes later, my phone rings and it was her. And I pick up the phone and she's crying. She's just crying. And she said, Lindsay, what you just sent me was exactly what I needed. That was the prayer that I had. And God knew. And and you sent it to me right when I needed it. And it just showed me that, wow, Lord, you, you know and you use me. And so even when it seems crazy, even when you think they're going to think I'm crazy for sending this, send it anyway, just like Tammy's saying, because God is, is going to use you as the friend to um, deliver his word right when it's needed. 
When you said, you know, stop what you're doing. I mean, in our culture, that's a, that's an extremely difficult thing. You know, if you're in the middle of something and we're always all in the middle of something. So part of the redeeming the suffering is the obedience of either stopping what you're doing or sending the text or calling the person. What challenges were, did you all sort of feel in your own, not the physical challenges, but like in your own faith or your own walk? You know, one thing that I remember praying through all of this, and of course, you know, we had COVID on top of everything else. So I couldn't really physically go and see my sister and visit with her as often as I wanted to because we were so concerned about her health. So, you know, we didn't, we didn't do that as much as I, you know, I wanted to, but I just remember praying that God would teach me something through that experience. And I came across this verse in Psalms, Psalms 25, 5, that said, uh, says, guide me in your truth and teach me for you are God, my savior. And my hope is in you all day long. And I just remember saying that over and over and over and over because I didn't I didn't want Connie's suffering to be in vain. I didn't want Kirk's dad, who we affectionately call grand buddy, um, you know, his suffering to be in vain. I wanted to learn something through that. And we were talking about, you know, the verse in um, he comforts us every time we have trouble so that when others have trouble, we can comfort them with the same comfort God gives us. And I think that's, you know, my takeaway from all of that is I can now be more empathetic. I can now show more compassion. I hope that my faith is more fruitful because I have been through this experience and now I can show other people the comfort that God has shown me, you know, through walking through this journey. So I think that is, that's that redeemed suffering, you know, that we're, we're talking about. We should come away different because we've been through all of that. And hopefully the difference is we now know how to comfort others. And going back to perspective, that's what I was thinking as you were sharing that. Typically, when it's the, I don't know what to say, I don't know what to text, well, that's all about me. Right. And at the end of the day, the concern is for the person who is suffering. And that scripture that you just pointed out is such perspective, which is fixing our eyes on him and not ourselves. And he will guide, he will teach, he will show. And all of these things are so really opposite of what the world is looking for. Mm-hmm. You know, the obvi- the idea of redeemed suffering to somebody who's not a believer would be, well, nobody would be sick. Nobody would deal with any of these things. And yet, Lindsay, you mentioned we, ha- we suffer, but we have hope. And that's really the difference. Yeah, I think hope is the game changer for the Christian. You know, I mean, even to the point where losing these five precious family members who, thank God, they were all believers. Right. You know, it's, and especially after Lindsay and I went through that, you know, Bible study on heaven, it's like, you know, I don't know before we did that how much time I actually spent thinking about heaven, what heaven was going to be like. But once you do spend that time in God's Word and you understand that 
you know, Jesus is our reward and you get to spend eternity with him. It is very, very difficult to want to keep your loved ones here with you. I mean, you hurt and you, you know, you miss them, obviously, but to want a loved one to not experience heaven is just, I mean, you just, you just can't do that. You absolutely can't do it. That study, you know, changed, um, it changed me, um, I think now, you know, I I long for heaven. I don't know that always done that. I've certainly always been confident that we are with Jesus when we leave this world. But I don't really know that I ever really truly longed for heaven. And one of the things that heaven book talks about is how we've been, as Christians, a lot of times we've been duped into thinking that heaven's boring, you know, that (laughs) we're going to sit on clouds and play harps all day and I don't I don't think we really believe that but you know it's like what will we be doing you know and when you start thinking about all the gifts and abilities that God has given you that that we're hopefully honing those skills here on earth so that we can use those in service for him and heaven it changes that whole perspective you know you just want to be a little bit better at it <laughs> when, you know when you get to, to heaven yeah yet to exactly and so I think you know just having that hope you know that's that's where we spend eternity you know that that looks very different from how the world handles these situations so what is a personal or practical insight that you could share with someone who may be struggling what would you say i think one thing that i really feel so strongly about just even walking some struggles in my own life is that we need to take it one day at a time. And I think Satan loves to tell us that the future is going to be horrible and that all these things are going to fall apart. He gives us fear. He gives us insecurity. When the Lord says, in Matthew, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself. So when you're in that space or when you're walking through a journey like this with a friend, I think you you just have to remember, focus on today. God is going to give you just what you need for today. Mm-hmm. The future can seem scary. The future can seem unknown, but God's going to take care of that. And just remembering that just one day at a time. For Mary, some days it was one hour at a time, one minute at a time, even at the very beginning. And it was, it was, I just got to get out of bed this morning and God's going to help me do that. And he did. I need to take care of my girls. And if she wasn't in a place where she couldn't take care of her girls that day, there was somebody there that could. So just, I think in the midst of suffering and in the midst of really hard times, just knowing that God's got the tomorrows and that brings us a lot of hope. And like Tammy said, He's got heaven. And that is just the best, most wonderful thing we could ever hope for. So knowing, just keeping that eternal perspective and knowing that here on earth, he's got the tomorrows, I think gets us through a lot of hard days. I agree. And I, you know, I think too, for the, for the person who is struggling, find your people, you know, find a trusted friend, find a counselor, find a, you know, a friend group, a Bible study group, a life group, whatever it is. But just find somebody that you are comfortable that you know comfortable with and know that you can be vulnerable with. I think that was one of the hardest things. I do not like for people to see me cry. And there were times that, you know, I was just so broken that, you know, it just came and I couldn't control it. But being comfortable enough with 
people to be able to share that and know that, you know, they're they're okay with that. They will hold your hand. They will cry with you. you know, they will pray with you. They will pray over you. That was just what I had to have to get through. So, Lindsay, you had young children at the time and so did Mary. Talk a little bit about what that has looked like in talking to the children about what had happened and the hope in Christ and kind of how that has turned into a way to maybe shepherd them in their faith. Yes. I love that you asked this because this was a huge thing. Um, at the time, like I said, our kids were three and five. They were in preschool together. We were spending a lot of time together. And I really wasn't quite sure how to address it with our kids because I didn't want to give them fear that, oh, something's going to happen to my mom or my dad. But then again, I wanted them to know what was going on and I wanted God to use us in their lives as well. And so I reached out to a trusted friend who, um, was the director at our preschool at the time. And, and she said, Lindsay, first of all, don't over talk it. Don't just give them all these details and make it a huge deal. Just keep it very simple and explain to them what happened, but that God's with them and loves them and he is going to take care of them. And so I went home after I'd spent the day at her house, um, with the girls, it was an exhausting emotional day. And I sat down with my oldest And I explained to her what happened and she looked at me and kind of smiled and she was like, but mommy, their daddy's in heaven. That's the best place. And I thought, wow, God, faith like a child. In her world, yes, it was sad. And there were a lot of things to come in the the future that were hard conversations. There are still hard conversations. But she just quickly reminded me that like Tammy said, he's in the most wonderful place that we could ever imagine. And so um, I saw my children love on their friends. I saw them um, really God work in their lives. And I still see that today. And it's been such a precious friendship. They don't go to the same school anymore, but they're very intentional about being together, sharing those special birthdays and special times. And so I'm so grateful for that. I feel like that's a friendship that's going to last, I hope, their whole lives. And I hope they will be able to just continue to grow from where God took them at, at three and five. And there's no, it is by no mistake that my kids were right where they needed to be during all of that time with those friends. And just like where I was in my walk with their mom, they have their own story with their friends and it's been a joy to watch. Tammy taught you mentioned prayer and people praying for you and people praying over you and kind of made me think of that whole, you know, there are times we don't even know what we're just there. We don't know what, we don't know what to say when we pray. I mean, was that part of your experience where you were just there and, and your friends were praying over you or you were just saying, Lord, I'm just here. I don't know what to say. I think there were so many days that, yeah, I didn't even know how to pray. Because when you get to a place where it feels like you just are so overwhelmed that, you know, I don't know if it was like, I just didn't know where to start. There were so many family dynamics that were being affected. I mean, my sister has two grown daughters and, you know, their husbands, but she has um, six grandsons who didn't know how to handle this, you know. And then there's my mom and dad. My mom understands nothing about what is going on. And my dad so desperately needed my mom to understand, you know, what was happening because he was losing a child. And 
that is so difficult for any parent, no matter what the age of that child. And so I think with all of that emotion, you know, going on, and then still trying to meet the daily needs of that was when I think I just got to the point. It was like, I don't, I don't even know how to pray anymore. Mm-hmm. But I know that the Holy Spirit intercedes for us. And so that's when, I mean, I think that's when you're just honest before God and you say, I don't even know what to say, but you know what I need even better than I know myself. Mm-hmm. So I am just placing myself at your feet and I ask you to just, you know, get me through the next five minutes, the next five hours or the next five days, whatever it is. And then again, it was like I said, I was sending out group text messages to people that I knew would be praying for me and that I could be honest with. And I would, you know, and I would just tell them, this is kind of where we are today. And just the flood of text and calls that would, you know, come in saying exactly what I needed when I needed to hear it. Again, it was just the hands and feet of Jesus you know, ministering to me through these people that I call friends and community, you know, here at Dawson. Have either of you or both of you had opportunities to use this in in ways with people that didn't know the Lord? I mean, you know, I've talked a little bit about the Heaven Bible Study. Um, that we did, and you'll have to forgive me, but I, I really got excited <laughs> about heaven, <laughs> you know, after going through that. It was really funny how that book opened up doors for me to share the gospel with people. But I do recall when we were going through the Heaven Bible study, I was just so excited about you know, we don't have to fear death. We we don't know what death looks like for any of us, but we know we don't have to fear it. And these are all of the things that we gain from right. living with Christ for eternity. And that was so exciting for me. And that, other people noticed. Yeah. Other people noticed. Yeah, it, that was just something that was, you know, very easy for, for me to share. You know, walking through this dementia thing with my mom that, you know, it's ongoing, that that is beginning to open up doors with um, caregivers Mm -hmm. that are now coming into the home where can share that, yeah, we don't like this dementia, you know, journey. It it is not fun. And it is certainly, you know, not for the weak and weary, but God sustains us and we can, we can share that with, you know, anyone he sends through my dad's door. I think just like my, me having a front row seat to Mary's journey, I was so blessed to have a front row seat to how God was working in her life and how he used her to share her story and to help others. And I think I look back at her walk and just the way she handled it, the way she pointed everything to Christ. And I just feel like God used her story to impact so many just by her example, just how she handled it, how she would respond when people would ask her how she was doing. And um, he was able to really use her big in a lot of speaking um, engagements. And there was one in particular that she and I got to do together. And she's told her story and I came up behind her and talked about what we're talking about today, just being that friend and being that person to support and love and take the Lord's his his advice and just and just go with it because sometimes it is very hard and so I, I really I, I don't know specifics of how but I know that 
people watching her. I mean, her story was in the newspaper. She's done a podcast. And it was just such a joy for me to see going from those hard, hard days right after it happened to see where the Lord brought her and for me to have some part in that and then to kind of wrap it up at the end of her little speaking career that she did, that I got to be part of that journey and that testimony was huge. And so I I really just feel like God touched so many just from people watching. We don't have to look hard to find suffering today and in the world around us. And our women are together. You talked about finding your people and we desire to be the people that God has called us to be. But when it gets down just to the in the ordinary, whether you're meeting a friend for coffee on a walk, just the way that women go about life together, and maybe it is a text. If you could just choose one thing in terms of intentionality to encourage one of our listeners to experience God's blessings just for such a time as this, what would you say? Well, I I definitely believe that God uses what we learn in the light to get us through the darkness. Mm -hmm. And if you're in the light right now, I would say that means investing in that community, meeting those friends, making an intentional effort to bring godly women into your life. But it also looks like studying the Bible because when you're in the darkness, those verses are going to come to mind. Those verses you've committed to memory are going to be there. Those songs that that you sing and hymns that we sing in church, those words are going to be there in your mind and guiding your path when maybe it's too hard to even get out of bed or even to grab that Bible, but they're in your heart and they're in your mind. And that community that you've built in the light is what is going to carry you through the darkness. So I think there's so much benefit. And if you're in the light right now to really invest in those ways, but then because the darkness is coming, God tells us we're going to have troubles in this world and it is coming. But if you're in the darkness right now, I would say just cling to him one day at a time. He is going to give you exactly what you need. He's going to provide the way and um, and just encouragement to know that you're not alone. One thing I, I feel like Satan really does when we're in the darkness is he isolates us and he tells us that we're alone. He tells us that there's nobody going through the same things. You will find through community that you're not alone and that you are loved, you are prayed over, and they're going to take care of you. And I think if we search for purpose and the things that cause, you know, the, the suffering, that God will use what we learn through that for His glory. And again, you know, just say it's like that suffering is not in vain if we can learn and we can be better servants for Him just because we have been through something that has made our faith stronger. Wow. All I know to say is that I hope you've been encouraged by what you've just listened to. We're so grateful to Lindsay and Tammy for sharing their story and to the Lord for using each of them in such special ways in these difficult circumstances. The next time you find yourself in difficult situations, in difficult circumstances, mourning something, whether it's the loss of a loved one, the loss of a relationship, or just a loss that you can't really put into words, I hope you'll remember Jesus' promise that those who mourn will be comforted. And I hope that like Lindsay and Tammy, you'll be able to find some small piece of your situation that can be used to point others to Jesus. Everywhere you are today, know that He loves you, that He sees you, and that He's ready to comfort you. We'll see you next time.